Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this wonderful night in which we celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus, our Lord, our Redeemer, our King, our Savior. And Lord, may we know with certainty that he will come again and that we can live with the promise of eternal life now and forever through Christ our Lord. Amen. You can be seated. Well, today has been a very interesting day. Uh, You can imagine that it starts off kind of slow and then it starts to pick up quick. But today, there was a few of us who gathered here at noon, from noon to one, to pray, just as we have been doing every Thursday since August, gathering in the church from noon to one to pray, to intercede, to cry out to the Lord for our own lives, for our fellowship here at St. Barnabas, for our church, for our state, for our country, for our world. And we've been gathering together just to to listen to God, to pray, to see how we can just turn our hearts back to Him. And today we were doing that, enjoying that time together. We had about 10 minutes left before 1 o'clock, and all of a sudden the power went out. Now, that's not so bad when you're in the middle of a prayer meeting. Because when the power goes out in the middle of a prayer meeting, it just gets really quiet. But when it gets really quiet, you can also hear really well. And that was, so it's not too bad of a thing. The power goes out. But the, the only problem was about a minute after the power went out, we started to hear this, beep, 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 beep. And we're like, what in the world is that? And lo and behold, we realize that it is an alarm that's in the sacristy, which is the building, the door right there. The sacristy is where all the vestments are and all the altar stuff is, where we get dressed and, and all that kind of stuff. And in there, there's an alarm for our fire sprinklers that it, it was just going off. Beep, beep, beep. <clears throat> and there's a reset button on the fire alarm. So I hit the reset button and it stops. I'm like, okay, great. Let's go back up, finish out, and it'll be great, great time of prayer. We get back up here, no longer than I get back up here, we start to pray again, and all of a sudden, beep, 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 just starts going off again. And so I go back down and reset it again. This time we decided to end the prayer meeting a little bit short, because what I realized was that our battery backup in the fire alarm is no longer working. The battery's dead, right? So it only charges for a half a second when the power's on, and then it quickly drains out, and so the alarm goes off again. And so that's what was happening, and... And that was what the day was. But see, that alarm tells you something, right? You hear that beep, 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 and it tells you something's going on that needs your attention. And so then I walk out of the chapel with someone that was in the meeting in the prayer time, and we were talking, and, and even as we're walking out the door, we see this car pull in the driveway, and all of a sudden we hear this. <laughs> and they got a flat tire. <laughs> And they're driving in, and, and this person, this parishioner says, there's another prisoner who, who just happened to be driving by the church when all of a sudden he heard this as he's driving. And so he thought, well, I better turn into the church and see if I can get some help. And so he, he parked his car, and, and we went over there and started talking to him. And this time, Sean and Daniel showed up as well for a, a quick time that we were going to have together. And, and so we started talking to the parishioner, and we, we decided that it would be easier to try to find something. I'm sure that the school has like some kind of uh, uh, air compressor or pump or something that would allow us to pump the guy's tire up so that he could get to the store to get the flat fixed rather than us try to go through and 
change out a spare, and then go through all that hassle. And so I called William on the phone. I said, William, do we have an air compressor or a pump of some kind that would blow up a tire? He goes, oh, yeah, it's in such and such room. My next question was, is that part of the building that's under the security alarm? He said, yes. I said, well, I'm going to need your help then. Because I am infamous for, for setting off fire alarms. If you give me a fire alarm to push a four or five digit code and expect that not to have police show up, I will have police show up every time. I had, for some reason, I have a mental block about fire alarms. And then same thing with cash registers. Never put me in charge of a cash register. It will not balance at the end of the day. You give me a calculator and the cash, I'll figure it out. If you put me in a cash register, it's trouble. And so... William told me it was in the part of the school that had the alarm. I said, well, could you please come up and help us out? And William quickly appears. He goes through all the procedures about the fire alarm. So maybe now I have enough confidence to, to do it if I need it again sometime. And, uh, and, <clears throat> and I've only been here eight years. That tells you how often I've actually done that. I stay clear of any alarm. Trust me. But William got the air compressor. We blew up the tire. And the, the parishioner went to the store, got it fixed, and was here at the 5 o'clock service. Um, so, so that was the day. But, but part of what I realized is the importance of things. The importance of alarms. They tell us something that needs our attention. The importance of noises that aren't normally there, that aren't supposed to be there. They tell us that there's something that needs to be paid attention to. Something that needs our attention now. Not down the road five minutes from now, but now. There's something going on that needs our attention in order to resolve what's going on, to, to make it better, to figure out what's taking place. So you may ask, well, what does all this have to do with the Christmas Eve service, and why are you telling us about your day? Well, in case you didn't notice, 2020 has been a little bit different kind of year. It's been a little bit different kind of year. We started out 2020. Can anybody remember starting out 2020? I mean, doesn't it feel like 15 years ago? We started out 2020, and, and we had all those hopes of another new year, of exciting times and great promises, only to have it quickly fade with COVID-19. And by the end of March, the end of March, the world was in a lockdown, wondering what all this would mean. The interesting thing about this pandemic is that it occurred during a very inter interesting time in the church year. It occurred during our season of Lent. Our season of Lent. The time just before Easter. And what every church thought when the lockdown took place, every church across the world practically was gearing up and excited about what Easter would be like. We've been in lockdown for a couple of weeks. Just wait until we get to Easter. What an incredible celebration that's going to be. The only problem was it never happened. Across the globe, Easter wasn't celebrated as the community of faith joined together. Can you imagine that? But that's what happened. It was kind of like Groundhog Day. Anybody ever seen that movie? Like in Groundhog Day, right, he wakes up every day and he repeats the same day over and over again until he finally learns the lesson of his life. What life was really all about. And in essence, the church, in essence, Christ followers, in essence, the world has been perpetually in Lent for nine months. 
Have we learned the purpose of what God may be doing? Have we learned what indeed might be what God desires for his people to see and get out of such an experience of walking through such a season? You see, Lent is a season that is supposed to be one of intentional self-examination. It's 40 days, 40 days before Easter in which we join together as the church and we, we take an extra effort for intentional self-examination and repentance. But also intentional discipline. Intentional discipline that is meant to draw us closer to our Lord. Ever closer to our God and his hope for us. The season of Lent begins with Ash Wednesday, and on Ash Wednesday, we are invited to experience a holy Lent. Now, if you celebrate Lent, you might recognize it as holy Lent and go, yeah, that is what it's supposed to be. But if you, if you don't know much about Lent, maybe it's just been something you don't know anything about. Maybe you've ignored it altogether, or perhaps you think it of a miserable 40 days in which you just have to give up chocolate until you finally get to Easter. But the intention of Lent, the purpose of it, is that it would be a holy Lent, a holy journey in discovering the more of what God has for us through self-examination and repentance, but also through disciplines that draw us ever closer to the heart of God. And that's what it's supposed to be. And on Ash Wednesday, the invitation is this. This is the invitation that we read, that we say on Ash Wednesday, I invite you, therefore, in the name of the church to observe a holy Lent by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, and self-denial, and by reading and meditating on God's holy word and to make a right beginning of repentance and as a mark of our mortal nature. Let us now kneel before the Lord, our maker and redeemer. And in the context of the service, we then go straight into a prayer of repentance. And if you've never seen that prayer or if you come during Lent here at the church, we start off our services with that same prayer. But I can promise you that prayer of repentance is one in which everybody who says it, everyone who prays it, will find, will experience some area of their life that's not quite in line with the expressed will of God. You read that penitential prayer of Ash Wednesday, and it's impossible, I believe, not to connect to some part of it and go, oh yeah, I probably need to pay more attention to that. Oh yeah, I think I've missed what God would have me to do in that. It's just that clear. It's just that intense. And this is the invitation that we receive. This is how we start our Lenten journey. This is how we start our Lenten disciplines. This is how we step into a holy Lent. And we become and we engage in that process through our obedience and faith to those repentance, to those disciplines. We engage in obedience through faith and that propels us to encounter that journey of a holy Lent a holy time with the Lord, so that when Easter comes, we truly do rejoice and say, Alleluia, He is risen. You may not have ever thought about Lent that way, but it is a holy journey to all that God has promised to us through obedience to His Word, to His ways. In many ways, Lent is like an alarm 
It's like an alarm going off that brings awareness to something that needs our attention. A holy Lent will lead us to a place where we see the destructive natures of our flesh. As we see, as we hear the thud, thud, thud of life being lived by our own understanding. As we see, as we hear the thud, thud, thud of life being lived by our own strength. As we see, as we hear the thud, thud, thud of life being lived trying to fulfill our own passions and our own desires. A holy Lent, a holy Lent brings us to a place of acknowledging how far we have turned from the expressed will of God as he directs through his word and instead have turned towards the ways of this world looking for answers and instead turn towards the ways of this world to find our purpose and instead turn to the ways of this world to fulfill our pleasures. A holy Lent sounds the alarm so that we will turn to Jesus and be healed and experience what God desires for us instead of the weariness, instead of the brokenness, instead of the fear, instead of the anxiety, instead of the addictions, instead of the sufferings, instead of the pain, instead of the separation, instead of the isolation that chasing after the things of this world leaves us with. We've been stuck in this holy season, perhaps because God wants us to experience a holy journey of turning back to him. Does your life in these last nine months speak more about the weariness, the brokenness, the fear, the anxiety, the addictions, the sufferings, the pain, the separation, the isolation, or the sheer glory of God working wonders in your life because you're walking a holy journey with him in self-examination and repentance, in disciplines that draw you to the very heart of God. See, the pride of life The lusting of one's eyes, the boasting of what we have or what we have done will not lead us to abundant life. In fact, John writes in 1 John chapter 2, do not love the world or anything in the world. For if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in this world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. The world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God will remain forever. So how would you describe your 2020? How would you describe your 2020? It seems like most people that I hear try to describe 2020 from the vantage point of the world. Seeing the dark and gloomy moments hopes dashed against the stones or perhaps against the viruses that affect us. Dreams crushed. Isolation becoming overwhelming. Over and over again, we hear how people are looking for 2021 to be a much better year. The problem is we're being told that 2021 will be much of the same. Could it be 
Could it be that God has been sounding the alarm? Sounding the alarm, intending for people everywhere to hear his warning so that we might finally, finally become aware of the things that need attention. The thud, thud, thud of our souls, of our lives, of our commitment to the Lord, of our commitment to one another. What if? What if? What if we were to accept God's invitation and allow the journey that we are experiencing to become a holy journey so that we can receive all that God desires for us? Are you on that journey? What if? What if this experience was intended to reveal His power? What if this experience was intended to reveal His purposes? What if this experience was intended to reveal His presence coming alive within us? Are you on that journey? What if we discover the truth of God's Word, which declares that the world, the flesh, and the devil will never provide for us the gift of light and life that our hearts desire and are designed to receive? Are you on this journey? What if we give up looking at life through our own understanding and instead turn to God's wisdom and His truth? Are you on that journey? What if we see this Christmas celebration not just as a time for fun and to celebrate with family and friends, but instead as an invitation to step into the light of God's presence that has come to save us from all that we have endured. Are you on this journey? What if we see this Christmas as an opportunity to hear and to heed the warnings God has been speaking that we might indeed be saved from the destruction of our flesh and instead turn to Jesus and find God's purposes, find God's presence, find God's power coming alive and directing our steps, giving us hope and empowering us to live as He desires. Are you on this journey? Look at your insert for a moment, that text in Isaiah. If you look at the bottom part of that text, you'll see where Isaiah begins to describe, he begins to, to, to talk about the Messiah that God will bring and the names that this Messiah will have, what he will do, who he will be. In the midst of chaos, in the midst of confusion, this is who the Messiah is. So let me ask you some questions in relationship to that text. What would happen in your life and mine? if instead of being led by whatever we are seeking to bring purpose and meaning to life, what if we discover, what if we discover the wonderful counselor giving us wisdom and direction? The wonderful counselor. What would happen in your life and mine if instead of being controlled by fear, addictions, or other people's perceptions, we discovered the mighty God lifting us up out of our despair? healing our pain, and bringing us freedom. 
What would happen in your life and mine if we experienced the embrace of the everlasting Father in the middle of uncertainty, frustration, confusion, or chaos? What would happen in your life and mine if we encountered the Prince of Peace and let His peace rule and reign in our hearts and in our souls? What would happen if we stopped even for a moment? If we stopped for even just a second to hear and to heed God's invitation to take a holy journey through the gift and grace of Jesus? I have a feeling, brothers and sisters, that you and I would find, like the psalmist, a new song in our heart. A new song of praise on our lips. One that joins with the whole world in giving praise and glory and honor to God. Look at this first window over here. It's dark, it's black, and unless you've been in here during the daytime, you're probably going, I don't even know what that window is. It's the picture of the incarnation. And if we look at that window with the effects of the world, darkness, like we have tonight, if we look at that window with the effects of the world controlling our understanding and our vision, at best, if we're close enough, it might look like something that we can imagine being pretty. But truly, in its darkest hour, it's a completely useless window with the effects of the world guiding our vision, guiding our understanding. But if we begin to see it, And the brilliance of what its maker intended for it to be, it becomes a beautiful beautiful display of the glory of God. What before was just a picture of nothing comes alive with a picture of hope, with a picture of love, with a picture of life. And glory. This is what God's invitation to a holy journey of life and faith in Jesus does for those who receive Him. For those who hear, for those who heed the very warning call of God to take care of those things that need attention in your life. This is Christmas Eve. Where are you? No doubt, no doubt, 2020 has thrown us all a curveball that none of us could handle. It's thrown us a curveball that none of us would have expected, none of us could have handled, but have you, will you hear, and will you heed God's invitation to a holy journey in which His hope in which His promises, in which His purposes come alive. And His light cast out the darkness of your soul, body, and mind. All because you have surrendered your flesh. You've repented from the ways of this world because you have turned to Jesus and allowed His light to shine in your heart today. In a little bit, we'll come forward to communion. All baptized Christians are welcome to come to receive. And if you haven't 
been baptized, then please come forward and just cross your arms like this or let us know you would want more and, and just maybe put your hands out like this. But would you come and open the palms of your heart truly to the Lord? That you would confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you would believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and that you would say, yes, God, yes, my everlasting Father, I receive your gift of light. I receive your gift of love. I receive your gift of life and accept your invitation to begin a holy journey with you where I will listen to your words, where I will surrender to your power, where I will surrender to your presence, where I will surrender to your purposes that I might bring glory and honor to you as your light shines through, as Jesus shines through me, as I was always designed to do. Oh, that 2020 would not just be a year we never forget because of the, how awful it has been, but instead that 2020 would be a year that we remember because it was the year in which we turned back to Jesus like never before. Because we heard the warning call of God to the areas of our lives that need attention. You see, this is the gift of the Holy Christ child that we celebrate tonight. And may we not miss it for another year. But may we receive this incredible gift, this incredible invitation to a holy journey of life by faith through Jesus Christ. Amen.